What's going on, people? This is me, Julian Lytle, and this is my show, Ignorant Bliss. In this episode, I'll have some thoughts on the new Power Rangers movie. Not a lot, because I'm probably going to make a whole extra special episode about it, because I rock with the Power Rangers, man. Um, The rest of the bulk of the episode, I should say, is the Black History in His Own Words panel that was recorded at Phantom Comics in the mid of February with Ronald Wimberly, who is the author of that book. Also, there was Chris Visions, Chris Kindred, and Shannon Wright. Um, all great illustrators. It was in front of a live audience. It'll be the whole thing in its entirety. I won't do a bunch of introductions here because you'll hear it in the episode. Um... As you know, you can get the show on iTunes, Google Play, Music, Spotify, eventually Miss Cloud, Blog Talk Radio through the cultural, I mean critical, network of shows. Also, if you can, give out some reviews, share it, post it everywhere. I'm at Julian Lytle. This is also going to be on SoundCloud. Um, share this on Tumblr if you can. Any place. Snapchat. Just just help spread. Um, my email for the show is ignorantblisspodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, yo, Yeezy, man, stop playing with these people, man. They want to see you act all crazy in this motherfucker, man. Take that jacket off and go crazy on the niggas, man. You know what I'm talking about? What do it mean to be the boss? It means second place is the first one who lost. The crucifixion, the being nailed to the cross. Crucifixion, it's a hell of a cost. Do the dishes. I'm about to hit that Jeff Gordon. Michael Jordan, the only one more important. But I be feeling like Jordan when I'm recording. Cause every time I record, I duck to slap the boards. I don't know what these rappers gonna do afterwards. Polly's best, I got my do with the awards. Huh, I got the whole crowd going crazy. Homie, I should be rewarded. Getting money easy, easy, how you do it, huh? Eating Wheaties, drinking Fiji, being greedy, huh? Don't even think you can allude to the rumors. I'm immune to the booze. I'm approved to your losers. So yeah, this week, I saw Power Rangers. <laughs> For those who never really listened to my show, I'm going back far enough. I rocked the Power Rangers heavy. I've seen Power Rangers since the beginning. I've watched at least the first 16, 17 seasons straight. Before I took a break, I ain't watched Jungle Fever. I ain't rocking with, with Jungle Fury. I mean, I ain't rock with Jungle Fury. I ain't rock, really rock with Operation Overdrive either. So deep. I watched the Japanese shows adapted from. I seen Zoo Ranger. I seen Die Ranger. I seen Kaku Ranger. I seen some of Jetman. I seen some Dynaman. Joints didn't even get adapted over here. I seen all of Gokaiger. I seen Koyuja. You just keep going. I've been watching them joints. So we get to this movie. And I'm like, man, this can be done. This could be dope. And I see the suits. I'm like, man, why they in armor, though? Why it look so ugly, though? 
why the why the why the Western sense of design gotta make everything all big and bulky for no goddamn reason. But yeah, I saw it. Power Rangers is about five teenagers who find these magical I wouldn't even say magical, these special discs, coins of different colors. And they're chosen to be Power Rangers, defenders of the earth against the evil being known as Rita Repulsa. They're chosen and mentored by a being called Zordon and his robot helper, Alpha 5. This movie is a lot of squandered potential. Sorry, I had some nasal issues. But it's staying in the in the show. Um they spent a lot on character. Too much so in fact. That the final battle is the last twenty five minutes of the movie. Um so it's rushed. You really don't know much about Rita. Or why? Why does she want this Zeo crystal? Why does she want to destroy the Earth? Why does she hate Zordon? Why does she turn against Zordon? Um. Yeah, that is explained. But much like the Breakfast Club, we get a pretty decent understanding of who Jason is. Former star quarterback, messed up his knee, get in trouble. Kind of like Emilio Estevez's character in The Breakfast Club. Um, Kimberly Hart was a member of the cheerleaders. Something happened. She's falling out. She punched some kid in the mouth. She's in detention. Former mean girl. Regrets her of her actions. Now she's with the outcasts. Billy on the autistic spectrum smart doesn't totally fit in getting bullied Jason smack takes out somebody's mouth now they homies Zach fearless guy he got one fear his mom's sick he don't want to lose his mom Trini Cause she's not training in this. She's training. Young Latin woman. Outsider. New girl in the school. Nobody really knows her. She hasn't really decided on, you know, what she is. You know. Because they make a big thing about her being, you know, gay. She seems kind of genderqueer or does it like she has no label she didn't even say what type of sexualized she is but hey she's not cishet you know but yeah she's kind of angry angsty they all come together they learn about each other they become a team they fight evil they pilot robot machines they save the world they spend more time though on us learning about the kids 
than them being Power Rangers. Spend so much time and all this thing about the changing of the morphing into like it comes out of you, you just gotta believe. Like real talk, it's just better if they have a device, they click it and they got they they, they got their super suits on. And it, it doesn't need to be that hard. Like you figure this out. They had they had Iron Man doing Hessian changes back in Avengers. He hits a button, suit. It's not that deep. They made it that deep. Alas. I would go this this ain't it's it's like a it's it's like a it's like a C minus. Cause you learn so much about the characters you kinda don't want the Power Ranger part into it. But it is what it is. I'm gonna release a whole nother episode just about this movie. It's gonna be with Sean Pryor and Martha S. Wade. We've talked Power Rangers before. It's a very good episode you can find on my feed or on my SoundCloud, Journey to the Power, in which we talk about Power Rangers Megaforce. Yeah. I got to get with my homies to really talk about this Toku, this Sentai, and break down some of my issues. But those are my, some of my quick thoughts. I think you could chill and watch this at home. I think you can go on Netflix and actually just watch the first episode of Power Rangers. It's only like 22 minutes. You really don't need to sit down two hours to watch this movie. It'll be good to watch when it's on Netflix. All right. Peace. We the best music. We the best music. I worked my whole life for this one. Yeah. Another one, another one, another one, another one. Yeah. DJ Kelly, shining, 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 yeah. Shining, yeah. All of this winning, I've been losing my mind. Oh, hold on, hold on, don't try to, try to, throw me down, throw me down, throw me down. Oh, yeah. Now make a mecca fool for it. You gon' need a natural, gonna lose the boy. Roger, 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 you a tool, the boy. Better make a smile when you see that bitch pull up, pull up. Money don't make me happy, and a fella can't make me fancy. We're smiling for a whole nother reason. It's all smiles through all four seasons. It's 360. You'll see everybody. You'll see the, you'll see the roof. You'll see the floor. You'll see the subway. <laughs> It blows, it blows my mind how it take a corporation like two weeks to process a check for $250. <laughs> Top selling paid me, though. <laughs> oh, my God, B. Yo. If I didn't have a job, I'd be mad over that $200. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm mad. Damn. They won't even answer my phone calls or know my emails. No. Yo. Can, what's the get back for them though? I, I still got some Star Wars cars. I'm just gonna start selling them. Mm. Lucasfilm come at me, I'll be like, Yo, where's my check? Tops never <laughs> paid me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Aaron! Come on over here. So be like, Yo, Kimo Sabe. <laughs> Chopper at Tanagan. Put a t shirt on him. 
Alright, you guys want to get started? Yeah! Hey everybody! Uh, welcome to Phantom Comics. I'm Jake. Hi Jake. Many of you know me. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming everybody. This is the second time we've had Ronald here. Um, and if, if any of you were here for the like, Prince of Cats thing a few months back. Um, but yeah, um, we're going to start with a panel discussion, and then we'll do a Q&A with the audience, and then at the end uh, we'll sign stuff. We've got a few Prince of Cats left, um, and these Black Edge on words, obviously. Then we got a few Dead Letters by uh, Chris Visions yeah. over here. Anyway, um, yeah, do you want to introduce people? You want to introduce people? I, I guess I'll do it. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, moderating this discussion will be uh, Julian Lytle, one of our favorite people. July. Uh, July. <laughs> the new name. July. Uh, his Ignorant Bliss podcast, which is a real good podcast to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of I mean, Ron's on it like a few times. Yeah, yeah, a few, he, yeah. A few yeah. yeah. He'd be like the uh, the Baldwin for SNL. Like yeah, 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 yeah. You Alec Baldwin. Yeah, you got to get a Trump uh, a Trump thing. You got to impersonate mm. somebody. Yeah. But hello, everybody. My name is Julian Lotto, as Jake said. Yeah. I have a podcast named Ingrid and Bliss. Um, let's uh, start with people on my right here. This is Chris Kindred. What's up, what's up? Oh, I guess I'll, okay. Yeah, Chris Kindred, um, <laughs> I'm a cartoonist, um, illustrator. Um, I do all that stuff. Yeah, I work in media, um, like for day job stuff sometimes. Um, and what else do I do? Like, exist. Yeah, I, I exist. But no, um, that's what I, I make say. editorial comics, usually auto bio stuff, and that's what I'm most known for in comics right now. Um, my name's Shannon Wright. I'm a cartoonist and illustrator. Probably the youngest one on this panel. Uh, but it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Shit. Why are you going there, man? Oh, uh, story <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shots, shots fired. <laughs> Stutting. But uh, like Chris said, I'm kind of just existing in this weird bubble right now, making, just trying to make, make stuff, make money, cash nice. it out, pay off loans. Uh, a whole lot of illustration work. Yeah, a whole lot of illustration work right now, um, and then some other projects going on in the. Wait, waiting for a script. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Waiting from waiting for a script from someone down there. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. That one. Oh, um, uh, I miss my uncle Charles, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I'm a cartoonist. Uh, I did Prince of Cats. I did uh, um, Black History in its own words, right there. Um, and uh, yeah, I did some work with these lovely cartoonists before on the nib, mm -hmm. you know, um, lighten up, uh, yeah, I did, I did X-Men too, that's what lighten up was about, um, <laughs> yeah, I started out on Vertigo, I, I've done some stuff, yeah, he's done some stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Chris Visions, uh, aka Fly Moses. I miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me do my aka. I, I, I was uh, waiting for you, man. Uh, aka Crack Kirby, oh, aka Hoodie Guthrie, aka. Hoodie Guthrie. You got too many. Yeah. I got one. Yeah, yeah. Flames Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, good. Flames yeah, yeah. Black History Month. That's yeah. right. But yeah, uh, Chris Visions, I've done a couple titles with Marvel, uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, Spider-Gwen, started off with Boom Studios, I did Dead Letters, uh, did my own joint called um, Devils on the Levee, and right now uh, I'm out here like a Ronin, just with my sword swiping away. So. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So I guess I'll start with Ron. We hear Cuz's uh, new book, Black History in its own words, has been released from Image Comics. Do you need like a um, visual aid? Oh, I'm you see this? You know, this is this is the shrink wrap version. What, what the colors go great? You know. So let's let's get a it's quick a uh, theme quick little backstory oh. on this. You know, even you know the front page, the introduction. Mm. What was the reasons for uh, starting this project? Yeah, you know what? It's funny because um, it's a great little story that all of the artists on this panel are probably familiar with. Um, it started out as a job. It started out with, as one of those February calls, or, or you know, actually January, December call yeah. when you know, yeah. uh, Black History Month is coming up, and like, <laughs> where are all of the Negroes? Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> we need to create some content for February, yeah, folks. So, but it started out something I did for Nib, like. Uh, Matt Boards, you know, called me up, you know, nice guy, always trying to give me, throw some, you know, checks at me. Yeah, you know? nice. Um, uh, yeah, so he asked me to do um, some illustrations, to pick several quotes and to illustrate them. So, like, I picked, I picked about a dozen. I was supposed to do eight. Um, no. Yeah. I was supposed, supposed to do, to do eight. eight. I was supposed to do eight. That's what you say in the book. Yeah, yeah. So I was supposed to do eight. I'm yeah. trying to remember. I got you. I got yeah, you. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, man. That's fine, man. You know, that's... <laughs> and, um, yeah, they picked six. And uh, and then, like, they said, oh, you can pick two more. And then I wanted to round out, like, the range of people. So, um... I picked two types of people that were underrepresented, which is what I, by what I mean that is like women. Mm -hmm. And then like I also wanted to do, I wanted it to be kind of like, there's this thing where I, I kind of don't want there to have to be another book after Black History Month book, like a supplement. Like we don't, I don't want there to have to be like a, a women's Black History book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like a queer Black History book. I don't want to make the same mistake that, you know, the reason why we have a black history in its own words book. So, um, and I got excited and I did 12. And so then the next year I was like, oh, I'm going to do it again. And I did it again. And then um, Eric Stevenson, Stevenson um, reached out and was like, oh, well, I really like this. I'm digging this. Maybe we should make a book. I was like, word, let's make a book. So then I did uh, 14 or 15 more mm -hmm. for this year. And their debuting in the book and on my Instagram kind of for free so <laughs> not all of them but like you know most some of them, of them. check his Instagram because he's selling some of those pages it's lit you know you know help pay help him eat while he make his other comics you know I'm out here for free y'all I just came out to see y'all faces you know that's it <laughs> it's true talking about this there's a um there's an interesting choice of, of styles mm. each year you decide to change up how you mm how you draw and portray each of these these figures what what went into your mind on why you chose to change up your style for each year um it was organic man like the first year was just um a plain headshot and then trying to like find a space negative space to put the writing like the um the quote and then um the second year i started to think about kind of using a a different sort of motif uh, for each, you know, like, so if there were writers, like, book, so on and so forth, um, 
and also because I did these uh, letterpress postcards last year I was thinking for the second year how to make it uh, bring in like a, a different values without using grays so I was thinking more about the print process that's why I was using like the uh, half tones mm -hmm. um, and because uh, letterpress would be cheaper for me to just do one color and then have black and then this last uh, year I I was I was working for print I wasn't thinking about doing the halftone thing um, I may have used some halftones I'm not sure maybe just like for texture uh, and the entire time I've been thinking about Emery Douglas so um, that's kind of like what pulls it all together I think that um, deference to the sort of graphic tradition of Emery Douglas okay. And the motifs come in more so in the more recent work, and like uh, you see, maybe some of like um, my own personal uh, artistic lineage. Like I, some of the motifs speak to things that I'm into. Like uh, for for Johnson, like I for I use like um, sunflowers. It has absolutely nothing to do with her, but like I, I kind of thought like the motif fit. And this, this year, everything kind of ties directly back to the, um, to the figure. Something specific about the figure. So like butterfly and uh, the Hulk side butterfly and bees for Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um. I don't know. This, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. since it's out, are you, are you happy with how it all, how it all turned out? Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I was ex it was crazy because <coughs> I don't know how if it works like this for you guys, but like sometimes you have it, you know, you you're doing a whole bunch of work. Someone's like, OK, well, we, we're going to need this for you from you. And like, I don't know, I'm drug juggling, trying to make all my money and trying to like pay my bills or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I totally, you know, lose sight of when something is supposed to come come out and working with image. It's the first time I've had to work with like these uh, solicitation dates and making sure you have um, whatever artwork. Mm -hmm. ready cover ready for excuse me i have some good ramen um <laughs> you gotta have it and so eric's like oh you know like we need the work by such and such and we need the cover i was like fuck i did the fastest ones i did were the ones from this year but like they have i think a pretty i'm i'm excited with how it came out because like although i did them fast i'm happy with how they they turned out like i turned them around really fast I won't say how fast I turn them around because then you may think I'm overcharging you for the book. <laughs> <laughs> I turn them around really fast. And I'm happy with how they came out. Okay, okay. Now, going back to the style question that I just asked him, um, this goes for the rest of you guys. Uh, this time I'll start with this Chris on this side. So I'll start with the introductions on this side. Um, in terms of uh, style, when you when you create work mm. what goes into your mind on uh how you are going to portray or communicate whatever you're trying to communicate i mean usually it's off the mood or whatever the subject's evoking like just trying to take into account what you're drawing what you're trying to communicate and then even like with the jump in the style like year to year i feel like it's always showing progression that you've learned something or you've internalized something throughout that time period so if you're doing the same thing, at least for me, like if you're doing the same thing that you were doing like last year, like 
something hasn't affected you yet mm-hmm. or you know you you're not searching or asking questions so i usually like if i'm doing a piece not to get too wordy but i like to ask myself questions or what can i do or what can i do differently than the last piece i did mm-hmm. okay okay well, hey do you guys mind speaking up a little bit oh sorry oh. about that everybody hear me <laughs> No, okay, all right, now, sorry. <laughs> Basically what I was saying was is that I try to always internalize something or look at the subject matter and be inspired by what mood it's invoking. And that usually dictates how I handle the subject matter. So, and also just learning, if I'm doing a piece, you know, one way last year, hopefully, you know, next year I'll be doing it in a different way because I took in something, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, that's how I go about I'm doing a lot more right now I'm doing a lot more illustration work than I am comics work um I do it on the side I do just like daily comics but um uh I get a range between anything from something that's super sophisticated to something that's very childlike so I look at the content and if it's calling for something that's dealing with childlike memories I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tackle it the same way I do a piece for like time or something um it's all about like subject matter how the mood's going if it's like a delightful piece i'm obviously going to use like more upbeat colors um to tackle that and the thing with uh style it's all i think it also has to do with like you know growth obviously something i did last year and i that recently happened with an anthology i was doing that took place like two years ago and they had like calls or something and i looked back and they were like hey you can do like a an updated like send us an update and i was like thank god it was like you can make some changes to yeah make piece. some changes and i was like yeah i'm about to send you a whole new piece wow. because <laughs> what i did for you guys two years ago was not good do you ever feel like a danger in that though kind of like going back well they're gonna they're they're still they're showing both they're, they're gonna show both which okay. for a moment i was like oh no i don't want i don't want like my bad work out there but i think it's good to see that um because you weren't bad at the time yeah I thought it was, I thought it was hot <laughs> shit at the time, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I can see the dangers in that, but I'm glad that they decided to just keep both so you can see, like, that growth and that, like, progress. Yeah. Um, I got to agree with everybody else here. It, it <laughs> depends on, yeah, it depends on the content, and um, deadline is a big thing for oh, me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I might have a job that, uh, let's see, I was working with what, New York Times last year, and... Um, it was a whole day, right? less than that it was like six, six hours, hours yeah. six hours from sketch to final and i found out that that work had nothing like my process changed entirely mm. from when i had uh, a poster or a pinup that was like two weeks yeah so um i have to make a lot of decisions in how i uh, represent the form and how i design and composition is a big thing so i always have to go back to my fundamentals um because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, style is just uh, um, it's just a combination of all the fundamental. Cho- no, excuse me. It's a combination of all of the fundamentals you've learned mm-hmm. over time, and how you choose to use those. I like how you said uh, deadline because I can definitely see my deadlines that were a lot tighter. I realized that line work was going to like compromise time and stuff. So yeah. I was like, I just need to focus on shapes. Actually- so. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to no, say something, <laughs> something interesting. Um, we tend to work very differently give, uh, uh, under different time constraints. Like, I will say that I've made my best work and enjoyed most of my work when 
under those extreme conditions where I have like hours, um, like that New York Times piece was one of my most sound, um, most complete. And other pieces where I just had more time, I floundered. And mm-hmm. you can see the indecision. You can see all the other um, choices that go into a piece that eats up time. So whenever you're working on a certain um, yeah. constraints, you might be able, to, you might be forced to make decisions in a way that you yeah. wouldn't think. Yeah. Chris, mm-hmm. um, did you guys, did you guys see that show, that Netflix show? It started out with the guy who does the New Yorker covers. He does like a Sunday drawing. Uh, Wait, weren't you just watching? <coughs> it's really good because he brings up, he brings up um, that particular thing that happens when you don't have the time, mm-hmm. where like you really lean into like what it means to design and like yeah. the idea. Yeah. You can't really lean on. You can't rely so much on like a craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But yeah. you you really have to kind of and I I I like this work too and um uh. Lighten Up kind of is an example of that where it's like, okay, um, recently they asked, oh, but we want to display some of the original artwork. And I'm like, it's literally just a bunch of crude drawings on uh, printer paper, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That I scanned in and I did a lot of the work, you know, Mm -hmm. the coloring it on Photoshop. And it was some of the most, I think, visually um, communicative work that I've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people who don't read comics can understand it you know um and it's some of the work that i'm most proud of not you know even for the subject matter but just like uh formally you know so yeah no i agree with you the deadline thing um it it's part of what anything that you do Mm kind of like the the constraints you know like the the first formal constraint is like your deadline yeah right yeah Yeah. and maybe then your budget right Mm Oh, that's the end of the point. Yeah, no, it's okay. no, 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 yeah, 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 because there's, because there's like a chart, like you, oh. you have. Our professor, um, when we were in art school, our professor Sterling Hundley, he was like, whenever you have a job, you look at three components. You look at um, the dimension. Yeah, the proportions, the uh, deadline. And the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all teachers are a lot nicer than our teachers. We weren't <laughs> talking about none of that. And those three points kind of make um, make the framework <laughs> for how you approach your work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's also been said too that uh, whenever you're working with a client, you can get three things: you can get it good, <laughs> oh, yeah. fast, yeah. and what's the third cheap. one? Cheap. Cheap. Yeah. And if you take one of those out, it definitely shifts the balance of the other two. You can only you can get two. You're you gonna only get, get two. two. You, you can't get two. three. You yeah. can't get good. Fast and I've cheap. heard so many different versions. That Venn diagram. Funny. That's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. I think I've remembered yeah. the most. Yeah. But. And I think, too, like uh, another added component, because we're talking about, I think, also from the viewpoint of just us, but when you bring in like an editor or you bring in anybody else that's like trying to guide the work in some way, like, were you, you weren't edited that much on this, were you? On this? Yeah. Nah. Nah, well, okay. yeah. Congratulations. I mean, well, so, <laughs> but here's the thing. And uh, this guy, the Abstract Sunday guy, mm. I, I'm all, you know, I'm often in a place where I have to edit myself and where I'm a bad editor is with, like, um, time constraints unless they're, unless um, rent is involved, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, then I'm, you know, then I'm a taskmaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, um, True. Yeah, so with this, as a creative director, I definitely have things, I have things that I wanted, like I'm an editor, you know, yeah. like, okay, B, you got four colors you can use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, th- these are the certain constraints, you know, like, and yeah, I give myself constraints, 
and you know with Prince of Cats I gave myself constraints with um, whatchamacallit uh, well with, um, with Attack on Titan yeah. I gave myself constraints I always give myself constraints because I'll never finish if I don't give myself constraints yeah. like there's just I could make a million versions of anything yeah. So I have to give myself constraints so yeah. that I finish. I, I found that like in keeping sketchbooks too, the worst thing is when you go back and you're like, Oh, that was a tight story. What sketchbook was that in? And it's like mm. ten sketchbooks behind you. There's like, like six versions of the person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like what make, what makes you narrow that down? Hmm? What makes that make what makes you narrow that down? What helps if there is anything? Well, when okay, so like if I'm stuck in one place, I go to the other place. So like if I'm stuck uh, story-wise or subject-wise, then I'll, I'll think of formal constraints. So with uh, Prince of Cats, I was, you know, like, oh, okay, the first time I drew Tybalt, Tybalt was like like, um, like uh, a woman with a pompadour, right? And I was like, okay. You know, like, oh, and, and Prince of Cats wasn't necessarily, the book wasn't necessarily going to be about Tybalt at first, right? Yeah, like, okay. it was like, oh, okay, well, what happens if some, some other shit happened with Romeo and Juliet or something? Mm. But then, like, so I started to create formal constraints. Uh, okay, well, what do I want to do with this book? I want to create, I want to do what Shakespeare did, except I want to think maybe comics-wise, can I translate um, sonnet form or, like, the language... Uh, what he was doing with language with uh, page structure and like you know I started to think like that and then all of a sudden I have a page count I actually have like certain mm -hmm. limits and things that I have to stick to yeah. yeah and also there was a bit of inspiration that hit me that completely changed so formally thinking about perspective you know and and um or sub subject wise thinking about perspective and that's kind of how you know it flipped and then I narrowed everything down nice. you know <laughs> Back to your sketchbook comment, um, mm. it's like you look at what you might have been going through at that time that you made that tight story, whatever, that you just happened to write down in that sketchbook. Mm -hmm. I often find that whenever I go through my sketchbooks, they represent, um, or at least they capture some part of whatever stress I was going through or mm -hmm. what victories or laurels I was resting on at the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a really good evidence, a really good snapshot of your own mm -hmm. process and mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. The work too though right like yeah. the actual piece is that um getting over myself in some ways doing longer works thinking about like okay well yeah this is a product but also it's for me it's a record of like what i went through while making this mm -hmm. right and not getting yeah. caught up because like on longer pro projects maybe where you have the luxury of the time frame sometimes i feel like oh well the beginning doesn't necessarily match the end. Yeah. You know, craft-wise, maybe you got, like, maybe you leveled up, you know what I yeah. mean? Maybe you mm -hmm. went saying halfway through, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just like, oh, no, this is the book where he went saying halfway through. <laughs> and it's like, that's it. And it's a record of that. Like, that's its own narrative. Yeah. Sometimes you fight Frieza. Yeah, you know. <laughs> sometimes you lose, though. Sometimes, hey, sometimes you get fight Frieza two times. You get that heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's a whole other story. That's later yeah. in life. Yeah. You got to fight Laker Frieza. That's a whole other yeah. oh. era. I know. But um, going back to the, how we kind of started this. <laughs> how we started this with the um, the, the, the call for, uh, I guess, art from black artists oh, yeah. for oh, yeah. February. Is, is that yeah, something that happens a lot? Yes. 
Is this, is you get this, this call. I heard this bar from Keith Knight at SPX two years ago. It was like whenever he finished up a Black History Month job, he would just just sneak it uh, in the last email with the invoice. You know, I also worked the other eleven yeah. months. Of <laughs> <laughs> Keith, man. man, cool Keith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of the experience, a little bit. Like some yeah. clients, you'll never hear from. Not, not gonna lie, I was gonna make a post with the, uh, what was it, the Game of Thrones, like the, the win, like winners approaching. Like, <laughs> yeah. Winter's oh, winter's yeah, yeah. I was about to say Black History Month's coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about doing a Judge Judy drunk, and she's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens. I mean, it definitely happens, and it's, it's almost like. It's not even just Black History Month. It's a, uh, for the lack of a better word, those the, the black jobs. Mm-hmm. Or like, I've had a couple people like, almost catch themselves when they're talking to me, realizing they're like, oh, I I am giving you this job because you're black, but I think you're better suited for it because you know. Okay. And it's just like, yeah. Mm. But it's also not. But it's all. I mean. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I got a, I got a couple for you. Um, say there's an influx of uh, black writers doing pieces for publications, and say like BuzzFeed or some shit, and they they just want to hit up an illustrator. Hey, we wanna we wanna uh, match, play matchmaker, or you might have um, people looking for black black stories for their um, web publications or some shit. Um, I'll say one. Can I, I'll say an example. Oh, go for it. Being slightly vague. Don't uh, you, you know you don't have to oh, be vague, or, right? Or hip hop. You heard my show, right? I mean, oh shit. <laughs> Let's keep I it know, one thousand. What? Hip hop cover. Uh, 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 I'm just gonna say like, there was a big title that was gonna be revamped, and. There was not characters of color for this character that was of color. Oh, uh, creators, oh, creator. The creators were were, were white. Uh, the character was not. Um, so basically, you can look on Twitter. You can see people like, you know, no, no, really, we're we're gonna take it here. We're gonna take it there. In the meantime, they're trying from to logo. get people up in the background to try to jump on that title. Mm. They hit me up after hitting up a few other people. Mm. So I take that in consideration. Mm. The person, and it's like not even me like mm. headlining. It's like, all right, and if it gets to the third arc, we'd love to get you to jump on this third arc. And maybe Ooh. Blah, blah. We even going to put you on the first album. No, no, no. You get the it, chance. If it gets there. Mm. If it gets there. And then so long story short, they, they give you a deadline of like when they want you to start. They tell you the time frame, hoping that you're going to be ready. And then you get to that date and you're like, oh, maybe it's a busy day at work. I'll just wait. And then two weeks pass, and you're like, let me check and see if they still want me for this job. And then they don't even have the gumption to contact you to say that it fell through. They finally tell you it fell through a while ago, and they didn't hit you back to let you mm. know that it wasn't going to happen. Courteous. Your time is mm. Wait, is any so, kids here? Wait, is it, kids yeah, here? exactly. So mm. it's just like one of those things where... Pull up to the club with a bottle on me. I'm already sipping. Got five voicemails, I just let the bread. My bitch, she already tripped. Blue just rolled a blunt. She like, bro, you good? I'm like, nah, bro, let me hit it. Puff, puff, drink, I don't wanna think. Groupies want a picture, groupies got away. No, I'm in another zone, I'm in another zone. My girl getting on my nerves, I ain't going. They need to know. You gotta watch yourself. Cause <laughs> Something. Yeah. Something the, the else that happens in uh, 
comics and illustration, or at least... Oh, actually, I just realized that I might have done a graphic novel test around this time last year. Um, I'll unpack that it personally. Mind, you know? I'll unpack that personally later. But <laughs> um, but you'll realize that editors will go through like their list of black creators. Like, oh, we couldn't get Richie Pope, so we're gonna get um, Chris Kendrick. Or, His man's. <laughs> <laughs> but not knowing that we all. Talk. Yeah, that we all talk. <laughs> They can't think it was that. Last year, that we all got hit up by the same editor at the same time, and the language is always like, what? "Chris, we really love your work. Uh, if you anything, you'd be interested in work." That on. editor probably didn't even have to change the uh, email. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. We probably got all CC, all Chris's BCC. Yeah. Wow. It's probably called the blacklist. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just like they'll, they'll hit you with that language, and if you turn down a job that they had you for that black job, and you're like, well, I don't feel comfortable portraying it in this way, how about I'm an artist, I have ideas, let's let's talk about this, and they're like, nah, we don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah but your ideas fail? Right. Like, yeah. Black people don't have ideas, how dare you? Yeah, so I mean, it, and it's, it's Struggle story, in all that's what you guys like. like Actually, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old college buddies here. But yeah, uh, I have an example. I'm not going to drop any names, but. Y'all being so polite. Yeah. I love y'all. Yeah, we want names. I know one of them is. I know. I can tell one of them. You can, you can describe it. It's like the Supreme logo. Pay, pay me a word. But it's not Supreme. Angry. I ain't trying yeah. to get angry. <laughs> I woke up nice this morning, so. Okay. I'm trying to keep my blood. Oh, it's a box logo. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, uh, for instance, one editor hit me up. And they were looking for something on the extreme that was like. Oh, are you talking about Vice? So they were looking at. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 It's all good. Yeah. So yes, it you're gonna, was. You're gonna throw the heat on that after I just did the little video. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, you gotta I, let get, me live. I get personally no, heated because I was originally hit up for that job. What you were? Which yeah. one was it? Uh, all right, so. Oh, what you were? Okay, okay. Oh, tell the story. <laughs> so the story was, um, it was an illustration gig, uh, yeah, yeah. real quick it. joint about. Um, it. it wasn't a real quick joint either. It was that, like that nine illustrations. Boo! They wanted it. They wanted it. You need to make tea for this yeah, next Three time. days, nine illustrations, but um like it was on Police brutality. Police brutality, sexual assault, and murder of Ooh. all black women. Yeah. Woo! And like yeah. that like some editors will just dump that stuff on you. I'll get to that later. So uh, I'm like, uh no. Um, but here's some artists you might want to contact. And now I list a couple and Yeah, it went to me and I read it. We're, we're like next to each other when I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you see this? Yeah, and I was like, yeah. And, and I was reading it, so I like responded back, and I was like, first off, this is a lot. Yeah. This is three days. Uh, yeah, first off, the content was a lot. The, we, the budget wasn't high. The budget wasn't high. It was like hundred hundred dollars. It's like three hundred. Cause they be paying writers like fifty dollars for an article. I'm yeah, saying, it was Shane be living in that yeah, big was, house out there. It was, it was definitely <laughs> in California. Low. So the content budget was low. The timeline was weak. It and looked I, dusty. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> and, and I was, and, and I was there thinking. I'm like, I'm not trying to get sad and like 
go through all of this. Because yeah, you got to dive into the content. You have to dive into the story to, yeah. to reinterpret it. Yeah, I, I already see it, like, day to day in the news, in my news feed. I'm not trying this to, was... like, focus on six to nine illustrations about how my life doesn't matter. Wow. Right. Yo, so right. this, this brings up something that's very interesting to me. So uh, I'm reading about a uh, historical figure. Uh, I, like I'm writing a quick little script mm-hmm. for um, that is from like World War One, World War Two era. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of the publications, and this goes back, we had a little uh, talk while we were eating ramen about the conditions for uh, the creation of um, both culture and marketplace for particular types of things. So so whether you're talking about what they would call race music, you know, like Chitlin Circuit, or in this case, uh, actually um, history and journalism. Mm -hmm. Because this figure, uh, time and time again, um, researching... He was not mentioned, his story was not mentioned in public, like in white newspapers, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they had, like, the Amsterdam, I forgot what the name of the paper is, like, Amsterdam, Amsterdam something. Yeah, yeah, and, and, um, and you would find these articles, there would be an event, say, like, at the French, you know, there'd be, it was during the time where uh, Charles de Gaulle was, um, was, you know, trying to, cement his position as sort of like the PM or like the leader of France during the uh, Vichy uh, uh, install, installment, like German France. Anyway, um, and here they're talking about the French and there's this this person in here who's like got the Croix de Guerre, just happens to be black. They don't mention him, but in the Amsterdam, it's like they, they talk about him. And I think about this, it's like, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult and I, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, it really doesn't have to be this way. And I agree with every bro dude on the internet who will bring it up. Like, why, you know, why can't, why can't, like, a white guy write that? It's like, why, though? Why? <laughs> I'm wondering why. You know, like, the same reason why some of these publications are going to have a difficult time uh, with equanimity, with, like, uh, in, in stories and in editorial practices. And um, the tragedy of it, what I mentioned is, like, uh, the reason why kind of the commerce of black music happened, and I'm not like a big proponent of black capitalism, but the reason why it happened was because of like isolation, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it grew in a sort of, and it grew in a, um, in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, or in a, in a place, an other place, you know, and it's like, um, inviting you in as a, as a creator, as a writer, but like to fill this certain sort of, you know, like as a commodity to this group that you've been othered by. Mm-hmm. You're you selling what point. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, you're. You're part of the product. Yeah. So it's, still, it's coming from a weird place because it's like we need to sell this. So we need to get this ingredient <laughs> in order to sell this to, you know, the mainstream audience. That's the way I see it. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes it's like it's um, an external view of your value. So we're like saying the Amsterdam news like, oh, this is a great story. These people of some something that this person did mm-hmm. where like maybe in other publications, you know, in your case, it's kind of like, well, this is the spectacle of, I mean, black pain of, mm-hmm. you know, a a different brand. It's like you have 
uh, you have like three jars of Prego, right? Like you have the regular Prego. It doesn't need a label, right? Like mm-hmm. this is Prego. This is like this is what it is. Then we got Chunky style. That's like black paint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like the woman who like the white woman who got chased through Central Park. That's like that's regular Prego, mm-hmm. right? But then you got Chunky style, right? Mm-hmm. But like and you're you're you know they mm-hmm. need you yeah for that brand. Uh, mm-hmm. Prego. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they need not, for that's not even Prego anymore. No, no, it's not Prego. That's 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 then that it becomes like on Jemima sauce <laughs> <laughs> but but like yo if you want to talk about brand and this is how it's going to be flipped but canned in the same factory right you don't say it's so all made by the same group you know right, what i'm right, saying yeah yeah it's all it's the same company it's just, yeah, you know they, they're trying to fit fill an audience they're like you know you got a bunch of people it's like well we need to tell the story it's coming from the great place the liberal white elites place we got to tell this story yeah. This needs to be told. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, and it's so me to discover it. And, and then, but, but wait, people. we'll be shamed online, so we're gonna get black people on it, cause that's the right thing to do. <laughs> and then he's just never, never, never anything. And then you know, in the end, they're gonna just gonna pay people hundred fifty dollars anyway. You know, you can't eat all that, and it makes them look so great. Look at us, we're vice. We're not like the regular media. We're not like CNN. We cover all the things that they don't cover. We that fight video, the mainstream. That That's what it was fire, though. That's what it was fire, though. That's what it was fire, though. I can't say act like I don't watch Vice Land every day. You know? Noisy Atlanta was good. Doesn't mean you can't critique it. So. You know? I would shoot shots at Shane himself. But, um. Oh, I love it. All right. Oh, um, man. We have a. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to our vice cast. No. You know, um, I'm never getting a job. We're at a, <laughs> you never know. You get hot enough, they'll come right at you. Let me know. Director, stop following. Me. <laughs> he never following again with that. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I <would> like that. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll fix that one in post. I would. <laughs> I would take some uh, some questions from the audience. <coughs> How do we stop being the commodity of uh, these companies? Oh God damn! Raindrop, drop top. Right. Yeah. Or at least how do we take more advantage of that? Instead of just being a product. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's yeah. the more legit question because I, you can't. You know, the the overall. You know, the overall structure is about you know exploitation. You know of of your identity of mm-hmm. whatever you know so if you're ac- asking about like uh how do you stop that it would mean like as uh wilderson would say uh, it would it would require the end of the world as we know it <laughs> <laughs> True. uh but i think if you're if you're asking how how could we have a more which is like it's gross almost even to say it like a more like um like a, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. If it's about agency it. within that space. Yeah, no, I mean like a ex, like a more, a, a more uh, ethical exploitation. <laughs> you know? yeah. If you're gonna plant capitalism. Yeah, you know. Like, because that's the world as it is, right? Yeah. yeah. You cannot like capitalism, but let's let's be honest. Uh, capitalism is what it is. Yeah. Like think about all the people who who re-downloaded Uber after that whole thing, because folks got to get around. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I have mad issues with that. That's that's a whole. I can go hours oh, straight about Uber caution, <laughs> but but um, it's plain and simple. So I think there were certain things lost 
when the um the baby boomer generation got integration mm-hmm. in terms of what they chose to give up. They chose to issue the uh some of the tenets of the previous generations of keeping things within the community. And they chose to completely and utterly integrate with the general population to, you know, get to the next, you know, to overcome. Mm-hmm. Then you get to, you know, the usual stuff in the 80s and the two dichotomies and the separation of classes. So you get you get to the point where you have the late Xers and the millennials growing up in this space of, you know, Reaganomics, Clinton years, Bush years, and all that. There are certain practices we might have to return to. Mm-hmm of the community back like when we had the black wall streets that yeah it was blown up because they was like y'all negroes can't have this money but there were certain things in which was done and kept within the community Mm -hmm. to spread the money around to circulate the money because since we're going to live in this capital structure we still going to need money Mm -hmm. and the fact that we give our money so quickly without even any thought about it and we didn't we didn't have to we didn't used to as a problem it was like it was forgotten like they didn't nobody passed on it nobody was listening to the great grandparents and the grandparents because people were too busy trying to get houses mm-hmm. but even the more valuable commodities right that we have that we generate um, what, what, like music yeah we, we, yes. this is what i'm saying like even though you know like that's a that's a commodity that we we own you know <laughs> up until very recently you've seen like you know White Iverson and shit, you know what I mean? But like up until a certain point, you know, I, I think that I love that song. Yo, uh, <laughs> yo, deja vu, fam. Yo, goddamn post load that bastard. Nah, but I'm saying like, but okay, so you own you own the brand, right? But you don't own like you don't own the commodity and how it, how it how where it's packaged, how it's packaged, like where you know the dividends coming in from it. You know, if you they try, they, they try, yeah, to an extent. But it, and it's also it's been like a steady uh, uh, sapping of the of the control. You know, I mean, going back like sixty years, now it's like you know, it's it's done. Mm-hmm. But there's certain stabilizations, there's disruptions that are happening. So it, let's say we all in creative practices, right? Mm-hmm. We need to look at people who are successful in certain things in that in that package. So, being that this week, we just saw the Grammys. For as, as problematic as it is, as it always has been, um, there's much to be said with what Chance did in terms of always giving his stuff away, getting his money through shows, selling his own merch, and negotiating deals with companies to change the system. Mm-hmm. He had to partner up with Apple to put out his music the way he always did. But to a point where the Recording Academy had to respect it because Recording Academy isn't, they, they ain't going to tell Apple no. Because, right, Apple saved their ass. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Iovine saved their ass plenty of times. So, they was like, all right, we'll change the rules because of you guys. Chance benefits. This is my theory. Somebody could tell me different. Until Chance tell me different, this is what I deduce. But then you can also work within the structures and make some really compelling work like Beyonce did. Is the culture successful? Yes. 
So financially successful, yes. But they're still not going to respect you. Because you ain't going to get that award. You got to give up trying to get the award. Yeah, and the institutions that give... Mm-hmm. See, here's something I was talking to... I was talking about, like... I was talking to Joe Illich about it. You know, um, they're doing lines for it or whatever. And I was like, you know what? And this is what I thought about this book as well. I was like, if we create a space... Um, if we're, if we're going to do... If we're going to create institutions... Like, and this is just something hopeful that I, this is something I hope for, where just so happens that a large portion of the uh, creators of this institution um, happen to be black, right? I want it, I want the most remarkable thing about it not to be that we are um, black, but that it's like the equitable institution, yeah. <laughs> right? So like, you know, white artists want to come to this company because, like, the contracts are on point. Like, um, we treat people fairly. Mm-hmm. Um, people, if they win awards, it's because of, like, wow, okay, either that performed the best economically or that has the <clears throat> aggregate highest critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, actual, some sort of... Actual merit. Yeah. 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 Um, you know what I mean? Like, for some, you know... Take it seriously. Gonna choo- choose one of the two or like an aggregate of, of those. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, no, white people win that award. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is like something that people just take for granted now. You know, like, okay, well, you know, that is, it's, it's not, it's not an end all be all, but it's like, that's a, that's a percentage of, uh, you know, like a performance wise, you have to perform like a certain level above because there is that, mm-hmm. that is that, you know, thing to consider. Yeah. Um, so if that answers the, you know, or if that's a component to the answer of the question, um, you know, like, you know, black newspapers or whatever, like, what if, what if it was just like, wow, you know, the Amsterdam was also <clears throat> where a lot of the, you know, the young white writers wanted to publish because like, well, this is the critically, like, this is like where the good writing is. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, where it, the equity, you know, where it is. And I, I mean, that's what I hope for. I hope yeah. that, you know, you know, we'll just create dope shit. And like, so Vice is doing his thing. Like, you know what Vice was for like, um, you know, Canadian hipsters is like, I would like for us maybe one yeah. day to be able to create something like that where it's like, oh shit, you know, maybe Nick Gazin's like, oh, well, you know, shit, man. Like, actually, I was wondering, could I put a piece in uh, whatever, whatever magazine? Because yeah. your shit is popping. Like, let, me see your, let me see your portfolio. Yeah, yeah, your shit is dope. Like, yo, we want... Hmm? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Undefeated, for those yeah. who don't know, it's essentially uh, what was coined as. Yeah. Bleacher Report. Uh, yeah. Is uh, <coughs> shoot, what was the what was the art, Bill Simmons Bill Simmons' old uh, site that got killed? Uh, um, what was it? Yeah. Grandland. Grandland. It's marketed kind of as the Black Grandland. People got changed over. You can read all this online. Now it's kind of a focus on Black culture, centered here. That's a good finesse. He don't got to be in New York. He get to be here. The black people at. Um, and they cover. <laughs> and they get to cover a lot of different, a lot of different topics. And I do think that 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 is one of the goals. And they do have the backing of of ESPN and Disney, which is a poor thing. But it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see if if a lot of our uh, black folks with money. Mm-hmm actually try to attack some of these structures more than what they are mm-hmm. yeah. so like while i don't use title i respect title mm-hmm. 
and I don't knock anybody for using it. I think it costs a little bit too much money <laughs> for what they for what they're selling. Mm-hmm. But there's also other things like in terms of politics. I wish they would. It's the soul food restaurant conundrum. They they need they need they need to do, they need to try to attack these structures from a different place than just say, oh, we got our own mm-hmm. support. We kind of need to look at like how these strategies were enacted, the structures, rep, figure it out, try to do better, be more equitable, like Ron said, and attack these things. These are long game plans. Yeah. Can't do this in like five years. Yeah. See, I think in the 90s, folks were like, yo, we can take over the world two, three years, bad boy for life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like all those things. I see it. Yeah. And they I seen the top of the mountain. And they took the money. Like, they, was yeah. like they, they, they played pure capitalism. Because that's what they was taught. These are Gen Xs. They was like, all right, we're going to make an equitable company. We're going to sell it, get more money, make more company. That's great. If you, if you um, Anderson Horowitz, and you can, like, invest in, like, Facebook, Uber, and all this, that works for you. But they're going to be all right because they already have the structures in place to always get this money. Mm-hmm. We got to build the things so that our kids can always get this money. Mm-hmm. And we got to do it here. We got to figure out... People in Africa, I figure out how to do it. Yeah. All over the place, we had to connect. And then, like, some of these things, it's thick and small when I look at things. Like, you know, it's bigger than just making black superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's cool and all. I understand it. But there needs to be other type of things shown mm-hmm. and thought about and encouraged. Yeah. We need to understand the art. And not enough people focus on art. They feel like this is whack. This ain't cool. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the third. Like, yo, it's yo, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that you don't like X actor because this is that and the third. Like, what is? No one's talking about themes in 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 the work. Mm-hmm. People just care about like homeboy signed on and this and this cast is dope. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this movie going to be about though? What is the point? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, stuff ain't really. Nobody's really telling people. To think about these things at deeper levels. Kerry James Marshall says something in that interview about how, like the um, how for black painters there hasn't been like a um, an innovation, like a formal innovation. There hasn't been formal innovation, which yeah, yeah, I yeah. think um, I just y'all, I just came back from fucking uh, Pompidou. I I went, <laughs> I saw Cy Twombly's uh, exhibition because. Um, the first thing I thought when um, he said that was like, uh, what, and I, you know, I know he's like the Michael Jordan of black artists, uh, painters, but I was like, well, I was like, no, I was like, Basquiat certainly made a lot of formal innovations, I think, in regard to using language, hmm. um, mark making. Uh, I looked at Twombly's stuff because um, he's the most, I think, cited uh artists in connection to the type of mark making that Basquiat was doing and it's something different and it's something radically new and people have maybe tried to play with it and uh come from it but it was it was a thing it was something that actually happened and I think among black cartoonists right now uh many at this table there are things that are being done formally Mm -hmm. um and you know sub subject wise and formally that are are radical Mm -hmm. that are that are new and if we were to look at them as a movement, I think in the next 10 or 20 years, we're going to look back and we're going to say like, okay, there were innovations that were happening mm-hmm. within this sphere. And maybe it has nothing to do with uh, blackness as a, you know, 
you know, a lens kind of like pushing all these different people and grouping them in this one. But maybe because mm -hmm. of a freedom mm -hmm. of expression, you know, that you don't you don't even have. Hey, they don't want you in there. So I'm going to be out here playing and doing whatever the fuck I'm doing out here. Like mm -hmm. I look at what you guys are doing in Richmond. I'm like, OK, that's, you know, wow. OK, finally, some shit that I'm interested in. And yeah. among uh, mainstream and when I say mainstream, I mean, even outside of superhero comics cartoonists like mainstream underground cartoonists yeah. um i i see <clears throat> amongst the uh creators that are you know black uh some very interesting things <laughs> you know yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean all these cats yeah. richie yeah. um do from new orleans wow. I see Lamar. just talking to him Lamar Abrams. Lamar Abrams. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar Abrams. Yeah. Well. Passmore's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's P A S S M R. My young friend, like, you got a question. Uh, Toffany, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bianca Eunice, yeah, yeah, Bianca Eunice is uh, they got Mildred Lewis out there doing stuff. Now that I think about it, like across all of these artists that we're naming, um, we all have very distinct um voices in that way, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we're not just making it for us; we're making it for everybody can understand. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about us. Yeah, it's it's like it's wholly unique in a lot of different ways. It's it's wholly unique. Doesn't really refer back to loosely. Doesn't really refer back to uh, an established canon. It's like these artists, uh, myself included, are all working against that canon. Like we have that canon. Um, those illustrators, those painters, whatever we're we're taught in school, you know typically like white folks, European art, mm -hmm. etc. Like that's a base and we're like pulling away from that or fighting for that, uh, fighting against that. Or maybe making work, um, try, like making a concerted effort not to take that in. Hmm. So. Uh, I'm gonna need for you to put a drop on every time he says can it. Like, <laughs> 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 okay, what's, what's your question? Right. Um, so if we're talking about comics, like I'm, I'm talking about like how, how I'm using the medium, like considering the medium and how we're, how I'm using it as opposed to, uh, so like, okay, what is it that makes a comic a comic? Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, what is unique about this medium or, uh, <laughs> like reducing it, reducing it down to like the, Core yeah, yeah. And the tools maybe like, so, um, <clears throat> well, we, you know, why are all of these people working in ink? Like the vast majority of these people, why are they doing like this ink process and this color process? Oh, well that has to do with uh, formal elements. So it was, it was uh, printing. They were printing with this, you know, four color or, you know, uh, etching, go back far enough. And like yeah. the tradition of that, Traditions. like this is um, like formally what they're doing. Like the, the actual, uh, yeah, like the, the tools and like the, um, so, so, for example, to break away from that, you would do artwork like in Descender, where it's like entirely in watercolor. Like maybe, um, maybe even different. Color. Even maybe even different than that. Maybe the comic might actually just be a giant, like a map that folds up into like a, yeah. a origami crane or something. There's like, a comic artist um, named Erin Curry. Um, she does work out of Florida. She's a sculptor um, by trade, mm -hmm. and so her comics are typically installations, and they don't read like. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of like breaking away from the formal elements of comics. 
yeah. as we know them. Traditional form. Yeah. 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 My side girl got a five ass with the screen crack. Still hit me back right away. Better not never hesitate. Don't come around, think you're getting saved. Trying to show the dogs brighter days. Got a toys trying to light the way. Biting everybody with your side around it. Cause your next album probably won't ever see the light of day. Half fans, but you let them down. But I guess that's how you niggas getting down. I'm so high up, I'm like, how niggas really getting down? I could never have a kid then be out here still kidding around, boys playing around. Where you really wanna take it now? I got $150,000 for an after party and I gave it to the killies just to break it down. Bring us up, I never take us down, but if you bring me up, then they might take it down. Fake fuck with me back then, but it's getting hard for you to fake it now. Fuck being rich when I'm 40, man, I'm trying to make it now. Hell no. Uh, earlier you were talking about the commission to do work that was real heavy and you like didn't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, given like our current sociopolitical climate, could you talk could you actually talk a little bit like, in your own work, how do you approach that balance of wanting to tackle Man, it's always some white guy asking us. <laughs> 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 That's cool, Jake. <laughs> Don't answer the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna let my panelists handle this one. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, okay, uh, here's a good example. Um, say you get, say I'll get a job where I, I don't necessarily feel like delving into that part of my identity or the str- like the shared struggle. Like that comes from my identity. I will. I might. Yeah. I might might make some work that within the constraints that I have and within the uh, the prompt that I have might work against it. Um, let's see. I'm trying Got to think. Of, I'm trying to think of good examples. Like I can't too hot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like examples I can call to mind immediately, but it's not coming. So, I mean, like, you, there's always a little room to respond um, in your work to to maybe fight back in the like mm-hmm. gain some ground where you can. Um, yeah. But I don't know. That's like I don't have an answer yet, and I'm still figuring it out as I go. So, are you asking how we like? Balance all. <laughs> he should open the window. We're trying to load out the antidote. Stop. <laughs> so, are you asking how we like balance oh, the boy. heavy? Gotcha. I guess the. Uh... How do we stay sane, basically? Yeah. How do we yeah, stay sane? Like, I mean, even outside of art, like for me personally, it's like you just like just read the news every day. You just like. Oh, like, I take a. I take a damn nap. <laughs> yeah, he takes stress naps. Mm. I treat this shit like it's 1988. <laughs> Sometimes it's just about saying, like, uh, this tweet's not going to do anything. If I'm going to respond to this right now, 
is this person really gonna hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know that for me personally, there's sometimes I've just had to turn off notifications, turn off, you yeah. know, any sort of like thing that's gonna notify me, like, oh, the country you live in is going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but professionally though. But professionally yeah. though, um, I've definitely had, I've had like maybe one job so year, so far this year, and it was dealing with a uh, uh, Keith Ellison, and I'm still like researching how I feel about people politically. And it was already charged because, you know, he's been accused of anti-Semitism and he's also, um, uh, he was a black nationalist back in college and all these things that people are going to be like, see, that's just trouble you're Oh, he was also black man as God shit back in the yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was oh always, man. Yeah. So, like, uh, <laughs> I, it's almost trying to find that line of, like, communicating to the people who really need to see that message and getting, I mean, it's like telling it like it is versus, like, telling it in the way that they'll hear you. Yeah. And if you're asking me how I'm getting work done now, still figuring it out. Because, you know, I have a lot of stuff that's self-motivating me right now. Yeah. And honestly, for me, writing has been, like, a better creative outlet for me just because it's a lot more straight to the point. And, you know, I'm doing this 11 by 17. It has to be this way. Like, it's just kind of like getting those emotions out, working through them, and finding Mm -hmm. those venues where you can speak and be heard versus just being in that you know, chaotic tornado that goes through mm-hmm. Facebook every single day. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, I think, Ron, you had a pretty public example of that process. I mean, not, not to, like, prompting you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, what? what we well, wish. when you, it was kind of the reverse, though, like, when your editor oh. gave you, like, oh, we need to change the, the shape, right. the display, and you we were like, okay. I just went off. What's that? I went off on it. Yeah, I mean, and it was funny, though. You want to hear something, though? You want to hear something funny, though? Because that was just a funny anecdote. I was like, oh, what if I made a comic about this? Or like, I don't even know if I had said what if I made a comic about it. I told Matt Bors the story. And he's like, yo, you should make a comic about that. <laughs> That's how it always goes. Shut you up, know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but like, you know, it's, it's also like a point of instigation where it's like, I definitely, I might have just went off. Nah, that was a juicy one. It was something that I wanted to do. I definitely told Matt I wanted to do it. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> but I think it would have, it would have, he definitely was pushing for it. He was kind of like, you know, there were a bunch of different things I wanted to do, yeah. right? Um, and he's like, yeah, nah, but that's juicy. And so, yeah, uh, that wasn't heavy for me, though. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, and the reason why I tried to be real cool about it is because I didn't think the editor was like, I don't know, some, I feel, I feel a type of way, I'm going to get this off my chest, I feel a couple different ways about that cartoon because while I think it's like, okay, yeah, that was, that was a point to make and it was an interesting formal exercise and I, I don't like when I talk about it and people are like, wow, man, I can't believe that. Or, you know, oh, you were, you were, um, yeah, man, I, it's such a problem. Race this, that, and the third. I'm like, B, this is like the most pretty little petty racial flower. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. was just, you know, this was like the smallest little thing. And the crazy thing is we couldn't even have a discussion about that little shit. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't that crazy. Uh, that type of shit happens all the time (laughs) you know what i mean um it it wasn't stressful in the sense where like you know if we're talking about i remember a homie of mine um 
you probably know who I'm talking about. I'll tell you afterwards. Uh, we went to school with, you know, she's working in a, in a publication. And yeah, like, let's do this story about this boxer who he's a boxer in prison who um, he went to jail because he got into a fight, uh, had never really gotten into too many fights. He punched this guy once and like it killed the guy. So but then he ends up in jail. And then like 20 years later, the uh, pro- the D.A. or whatever, the prosecutor who was a young a young guy at the same time who put him in jail for all that time goes in 20 years later and sees him. He's like, wow, I made a mistake. Like, I wish I hadn't prosecuted this guy so hard. Now, that to me is a story that is difficult for me to, like, do a little illustration for. I think I sent it, I, th- I think I sent it to Richie because I didn't have the time. And I'm not sure if he actually did the job. But, like, that's the shit I think you're talking about where it's like, wow, okay. Um, mm. Damn, I got family that went to jail. I, you know, I have to sit and watch this shit all the fucking time. Like, the prison, the justice system is it's fucked up and like you know you kind of you kind of get to a point where like a lot of that shit you just get by by not paying attention to it you know like so every week when someone you know they they done shot somebody like a police officer done shot somebody you kind of get to a point where all right well if you're gonna do you're gonna ask me to do this analysis on that means like i have to go past the place where like i've gone to kind of like just do my regular shit which is kind of like not taking a really hard emotional look at the shit mm-hmm. and yeah, like that's what i feel like you're talk- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so like if that's what jake means kind of like taking that which i think is my job like honestly i think it's my job to do that so sometimes it's just what i have to do it's unpleasant but it's like what uh james baldwin said it's like he wants to he's a witness and like that's my job so mm-hmm. it's unpleasant but that's just some shit I have to do sometimes. I don't have to do it all the time. Yeah. I don't have to do it for some fucking idiot on Facebook. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I choose when I do it, and then I do it. I don't I don't take it lightly, you yeah. know? So, I mean, that would kind of be my answer. It's like, when I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, and I, and, I've, and I have wasted my time on social media talking to someone who's asking questions they don't want the answer to. Haven't mm-hmm. we all? You know what I mean? So, like... <laughs> Now it's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to put out a book. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm going to put out a cartoon in, like, two, three weeks. I'm going to put out a book in, like, half a year. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create, like, Prince of Cats. I'm going to do this shit. I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know. And a lot of times when the when the writers call me up, sometimes I'm going to be like, no. Unless it's the New Yorker. Please call me again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. They pay well. They fact check everything. Like, it's a it's a great little magazine. They Kinda have some problems. Money. They, need more, they need more black people in there, though. They do. Into, in a, as an intellectual component. You know yeah. what I mean? Like cartoonists. Not Ta-Nehisi Coates. He got enough work. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, these are facts. Oh, are you, you haven't gone yet. And then, unless there was a second part yeah. to that question. No? Oh, you didn't, you didn't ask the question yet? Well, you asked about the names. That's the way he's remembering. You well, asked, I was asking you about just yeah. to, to say it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we get you next. Yeah. But I agree with what Ron oh, said. Right? I'm not Please. moderating. No, I saw No, no, no. I was just agreeing. Oh, yeah. That's how I deal with stuff, too. A lot, uh, social media has made it a little easier to mute. I've, I've figured out what that mute button. Smash that motherfucking mute button. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll block this and stuff. Someone's like, hey, there's a mute button, and 
Man, that mute button became my best friend. Yeah. Best yeah. friend. Major key. Yeah, major key. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, how I get through it, uh, a lot of it is just stepping away. Uh, I've, I told him this. One day I was just like, I get really antsy and I get jittery when, like, with all the news going on. Um, and I just, I packed up and I, I laid in my yard. Wow. Yeah. And I just, it was cold, but I, I mean, I had a jacket. It wasn't the best, but I was like, I cannot be in front of any news right now. And uh, I actually got out some writing for a story I plan on doing that hopefully I get done this year. Um, and it was great. But then, you know, obviously I have to come back to the news and reminders and stuff. But for that little bit of time, and I, I will always preach this, even though I could probably take my own advice more uh self-care uh you need that self-care if you're if we're going to get through any anything if we're going to do any four years i don't know what's going to happen we might be impeached soon but uh uh yeah but then but yeah but then what yeah yeah anyway we need we, <laughs> we need that self-care to get through at least like every day uh, that's yeah that's how i'm trying to be more selfish act. Retail yeah therapy. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't. Well, I don't like. I don't like. That's going a whole out. different stress. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's the next person? So yeah. Is it, is it this person? Yeah. Um, um, I was recently reading an interview with Arthur Jaffa, a cinematographer, mm-hmm. and he said he wanted to um, make a black cinema that would match the power, alienation, and beauty of black music, because mm. he was like. Black music, black people don't have to make any more music ever again. Mm. They've given enough. Right. That's real. So, as black illustrators, mm-hmm. um, what do you see as your personal, um, and and also do you do you see that as a restrictive? Um, what as a restrictive? Like restrictive black illustrator, black uh. artist. You mean like the title? Label? Yeah, oh, the label. And then, <clears throat> what is your personal, like for black um, illustration or black, I guess, art, that art form that you guys work in, what is your personal goal? And then as the overall goal, as like, for that medium thing? I like your question. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, you know, I talk too much, so I'm... I mean, you know, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, you know, for a split second, I was thinking about that, I was like, dang, I was like, am I not talking enough? I was like, wait, it's a Ron's thing. Ron's <laughs> <laughs> event. You can talk as much as you want. I think, okay, so I've thought about this, I've thought about that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, and that's why when I first found Emory Douglas, like, maybe shortly after school, I was familiar with the imagery and really like any of the designers working with the Panthers or, you know, when you find out about artists um, who, when you find out that there's a a <laughs> radical hand behind like, or a radical person behind like the radical aesthetic, you know, um, this has been, this has been really powerful to me. And I, and I've been thinking about how, uh, so the music, is one thing but there's also a space and a place and a vehicle for engagement for that to happen with with uh visual arts uh particularly i think how visual arts um the space that they inhabit in the western world 
which like we're a part of you know if you're talking about black people you know i mean if you're talking about black arts you know like it literally literally just means like anything that the white world sees a black person can attribute you could be talking about any number of things right mm -hmm. but if we're talking about kind of like visual art in the western world it's been something i've thought so much about and thinking about like what it what it means so and particularly comparing it to music so thinking about about what were the components that made uh what we at least black american what we think of as you know our music you mm -hmm. know like uh i've thought about rock and roll I mean, going going backwards, right? Like so like we gospel, like we could go oh, back yeah. to like you know, blues, jazz, yeah, yeah. Well, like rock, right? But for each one of those, I have a I have something that I'm yeah. thinking about, and I think one of the unifying elements of that is sort of like you know, like an isotope. It's like a a it's like a molecule that's been like separated, yeah, and then it pulls in other things to complete itself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I and I've always thought about like um, like whether you're talking about language. Huh? Bars. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like? <laughs> Language or music? You know, like that's something that I feel. You know, what are you talking about? Like bebop, or like you know, hip hop, rock and roll. There's this element of like, okay, there's this core of whatever the Western African traditions were, right? Eroded, almost kind of like uh, broken, like the language literally broken mm -hmm. and then kind of like completing itself with different things whether you're talking about like how in latin america with the music oh, yeah, music yeah, traditions yeah, yeah. were like you know uh incorporating indigenous um sounds and like yeah. you know the same thing kind of happened aesthetically so like you know you're looking at that with like streetwear you're looking at that with like all types of different things like how mm -hmm. people create their space you know the aesthetics like the aesthetics of like you know wabi sabi or like um or like uh any numerous aesthetic principles that you'll see in like street art you know mm -hmm. uh whether or not even black artists are doing it but that cultural space you know uh being one that comes from the uh structural inequities that kind of put black people in their own space that isolate them like so where you could have the race records where you could have the chitlin circuit like this boiling pot where these things could develop i've always been thinking about this i've thought about it in my work too um and i've, I've thought about it like the influence that say uh um hong kong cinema mm -hmm. have had on my work or mm -hmm. like uh manga and anime had yep. on my work like those works existing in a strange sort of way outside of white supremacist aesthetics meaning like all of the characters were non-white even if you know like i think i mean i honestly i don't know i don't i never grew up thinking that the characters in a lot of the anime that i saw were like white particularly the ones that depict a world that's non-white like it's unfamiliar to me right even sailor moon like you know i've i'd heard of catholic school but i could tell that there was something definitely you know this is not you know right 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 and also when i started watching anime it's like you would go to like and this is real i'm not saying japanese people or chinese people but you would go to chinatown to get like 
because Chinese kids, you know, Taiwanese kids would watch anime. You know, like they were up on it before we were, mm -hmm. and they would get the tapes with like five or six different subtitles on the bottom, and you get them, and you knew it wasn't American. And when you watch the kung fu movies, all of the heroes were or were not white. All of the heroes were not white. All of the villains were not white. And I think for me, that gave me some sort of a. It was even different from black exploitation, which still existed within like a white supremacist structure, mm -hmm. like you know the gaze of the black characters in black exploitation films are informed by white gaze you know so like yeah. and i've thought about how that has affected my aesthetic so like when i'm thinking about mark making i'm thinking about flatness like um i'm thinking about all these things that i'm i maybe have inherently from growing up how i grew up and the environment that i grew up in but also these components that i've pulled from other cultures that were useful to me yeah you know to make a complete uh visual aesthetic you know and i think a lot of my contemporaries are doing the same thing yeah. and i think looking back we'll be able to look on that and be like okay that was what this gentleman uh the cinematographer was talking about um i think it's happening and i think like uh uh carrie james marshall was wrong when he said what he said about painting because I think even though it's just one example that I can think of, Basquiat is one. And maybe Carrie James Marshall and maybe some of these other um, artists who are bringing in narrative elements, comics, uh, you know, some of the mark making um, of other mediums, maybe they're also doing, they're creating an aesthetic. You know, I think something. he was trolling a little bit, man. Yeah, maybe he was trolling a little bit. But that that's the thing, you know, like... Sometimes you have to troll to yeah. spur on, to, to get people to think. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not negative trolling, it's, mm. it's a purposeful troll. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's what is chaotic uh, good? Yeah, yeah. Chaotic good. <laughs> yeah, chaotic good, yeah. Anybody else got some, got some, some thoughts on that? I forgot the question a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it was that was a deep question. Yo, I wanna yo, I got I, there's like essays and books. I'm yeah, 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 about yeah. That shit. that shit is like I think about it all the time. I mean, I, I, I I'll say, for my work, like Ron, like Ron, like Ron said, just different elements contributing to uh, the feel, the mood, the storytelling. Um, I. Everyone might say the same thing, but I grew up on manga. I was a suburban kid. Uh, I wasn't really into... I didn't really, like, watch Disney stuff much. I was more of a... Sailor Moon was my princess, and Vegeta was my prince. And <laughs> Bad man. <laughs> yeah. Bad man. I should have That's your tagline right yeah. there. Right? Yeah. So, I know. <laughs> yeah, make a t-shirt. So, looking at my work now... It's it's very like emotional. It's very slow. I I take the time to develop characters, and I've noticed. And I just recently like made a a, a Twitter feed about this on why I like slice of life so much is because I really like slice of life anime and manga, and I'm noticing my work kind of falls into that trend where it's just these characters existing. They don't have like outrageous powers. They're just going through nostalgic day-to-day -day things like, oh, like for instance, I, I, t I was telling a story idea about like the cookie tin, 
Like, that was just, like, very... Like, I, I'm going to build a story around, like, the cookie tin and how, like... You mean to try and want, like, the sugar cookies? Yeah, yeah. but, but, but sugar cookies Christmas weren't in them. Yeah. It was always selling yeah. stuff. Always you know, with, like, yeah. the little crystals on top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the little pretzel one? Yeah, but it was kind of like... That was a troll. That was a troll yeah. because sometimes you see it... Yeah. ...and you think they're going to yeah. be cookies in there. Oh, and somebody when they put, like, the, the salmon stuff all in it, you get yeah. your heart all into it. Yeah, yeah. And you be like... Ooh. Also, the turtles. The turtle tin. Yeah, the turtle the chocolate. Oh. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, it's either chocolate in here or it's, like, some pennies. Or like the butter, it's either leftovers or you got a, you got butter in it, yeah. so you don't you don't even know. Mm. So I've noticed like a lot of my work has stemmed from yeah, those are just slow pace, day to day. What are you doing? You wake up, you have like your routine day, you hang out with some friends. Uh, notice a lot of my stuff pulls from like Taya Matsumoto. You guys might have read Sunny. I love Sunny. Sixth one just came out. The last one. Oh, oh the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the last one. It was, uh, it was fire, y'all should probably. Yeah, it was fire. It was great. Flames, flames. Sunny. So, so yeah, my media like pulls from that. It's lit. Yeah. But then I also, but then I also had um, my mom who is very into classical movies. She loves herself some Audrey Hepburn. Yo, she, she got some joints. Grace Kelly loves herself Yo. that type of fashion. <laughs> and so one of the pieces I'm working on is incorporating that and it's i'm always interested in where media is going now for like us black folks where we don't have to just go with the stereotypical stories like we have we don't have to be superheroes yeah we don't have to we don't have to be superheroes we do exist on a spectrum and stuff like i i can't i mean i could if i like researched it but the stories i'm putting out are just from my childhood and I am just a suburban chick who grew up in mainly white spaces, so that's the stories I'm telling. But are they not as vital? Or are they not as important? No, I think they have a place there too. And that's, I'm glad to see, like you said, like the new cats right now, they're just, these stories are so great. Like, I love seeing Richie's stuff, like stuff I haven't right. seen. I love seeing your yeah, work. I feel like I love seeing Chris's, Chris's work and Ron's work. And it's like, I'm seeing stuff that I was told that we couldn't create or, like, wasn't up our, like, alley and stuff. Yeah, I'm seeing stuff that, like, no one had the imagination to yeah. think that would be created. Yeah. To even say that it couldn't be because they couldn't imagine that it was going to happen yeah. anyway, or which I love. Just, like, being discouraged and thinking that, like, if it doesn't exist, then there's no place for it. Yeah. Right. And I feel like us as artists, we're constantly having to break down the, like, mm-hmm. the icon that we're given. Mm-hmm and like reassemble it and also the fact that we are all speaking from our own experience like every artist is charged to speak from what they know yeah and i think especially in the comic book industry it's really easy to get caught up in oh i'm just gonna draw this character because he represents truth and justice Mm -hmm. and then you're sitting there you're like well why do i need why do why am i relating to this character yeah what do i have in common with this character does this character really represent Mm -hmm. me or is he secretly an agent of Hydra? Like, <laughs> um, like yeah, like there's definitely, yeah. Like, and, and I think if you stay within, I think if you stay within the bounds of how scared people are to mm-hmm. push their characters with the realities that they're given in the world that we live in, mm-hmm. you're always gonna hit that ceiling because it's always being built by money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if we are gonna see some things, you're gonna have to take a risk. You're gonna have yeah. to like create something that's gonna take two, 
three years or you know a longer period of time because they already got this down to a science where they're like all right we got the mold let's make this guy put it out there boom yeah but if you're trying to break that mold you gotta you gotta go beyond what you're given i at least feel like i'm discovering that a lot with myself yeah just because i'll be real like when i first started doing it i was like yeah be a comic book artist all right get inside marvel change it from within be that person so that you can be like yeah i'm gonna be the face of this new era of comics and the thing is that works for some people but it's not usually people that have my skin tone or like usually people aren't being represented by you know an overwhelming majority of like white male characters Mm -hmm. yeah and when people start getting uncomfortable like we're not used to this or we don't see this you're gonna hit roadblocks you gotta go outside the norm Mm -hmm. you need yeah, you need yeah, you like build the house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think though especially if we're going to talk about comics. Mm-hmm. The last time comic industry had actual disruption as we're talking about let's say within the other industries like let's say transportation, hotel, technology, a whole bunch of other things. The last time there was a disruptive act within comics was in the 90s. You had you had Image, you had all the top dudes leave the company. And it was like, yo, we can get way more money if we do everything ourselves. Then you have Milestone happen, and they got that dope distribution deal through DC. Then Marvel messed everything up and crashed the whole damn business. Which, in case, changed everything dynamically in terms of the distribution system and the loss of stores. So that was literally like a five-year period. That was literally legit five years. So, ever since then, we've been in that world post that. Mm-hmm. You know, image and changed up. The hottest thing used to be the artist, and the hottest thing is the writers. Um, DC got ups and downs. Marvel has its ups and downs. They got good finessing. You know, they could talk people into thinking some things is hot when they really doing the same good, thing. Good, uh, good marketing branding. Yo, the yeah. finesse, the finesse kings. But uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like. Right now, comics in general has to be changed, and I th- think there might be a growing wave of people mm-hmm. making things that could change it, and they might have to use different practices. Like Kickstarter, I'm saying a lot of that. Like kick- Kickstarter helped. There's going to have to be some changes in the way comics are released, mm-hmm. produced, and given to the public. Yeah. These things are starting to happen. But people are legit still figuring out because the creation and distribution of media is changing yeah, legit every yeah. day. Like there's a new app every day. Like you think that. like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I could use this. And so the way in which people take in things is changing. We haven't really seen this since like what? Maybe when the internet first popped off, but it was really still, it's kind of still like print. It's more like when television really first hit. Radio. We radio was a big thing, so radio yeah, happened, yeah. and then television happened, and you really, you really look at the beginning of television. They didn't know what the hell to do with television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it took them a couple years to really figure out like, oh, we can do this. Let's try this. <laughs> I we love, can turn these vaudeville things into this. We can. I love when that happens when you're kind of trying to shoehorn in the last thing into yeah. You know, we can do a radio yeah, play yeah, on with yeah. with the things, but like, it don't work like that. B. It's like modern web comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah web comics haven't changed. They, they they came out and it became something, and it, it hit a zenith and it plateaued. Mm-hmm. There's some amazing things popping. There's some nice little tidbits here and there. I had ideas of what web comics should do, like 
like when Obama was running. And I'm just starting to see, like, okay, all right, that's good. Let's see what y'all do next time. Mm-hmm. Let me see what y'all can really do with Instagram. Let me see what you can do with Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, like, what do you think about stuff like yeah she changed well yeah to me she really in terms of publishing yeah. like she really changed like how she is she's like the bar yeah, yeah. like yeah. i can't see like she's to me like when you see like people like i funded this film or like i funded this video game like she's like comics on kickstarters like that's that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. she's like, it. It's like a patron. Like she, she runs it. She's she's the. Spike Spike yeah, she's she's the puff daddy, yeah. of of oh, Kickstarter oh, and comics. Yes, yeah, right up on the wall right here, right. Yes, right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that's my thought. It just it's, it's interesting to watch to see how she was able to build this whole thing mm-hmm. around. Kickstarter and distribution and catch, the, catch the wave of um catch the wave of uh emerging technology to tap into mm-hmm. her audience. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to have a sharp eye and also a willingness, a kind of doggedness to make something work. Mm-hmm. Um I, I believe people um are doing that with like other emerging like sites or platforms like Patreon for yeah. example. Yeah. Like you go to Michael DeForge's Patreon, he's been monetized in like and he's not even one of the biggest ones, but he's been doing it the most effectively where he, he sends you for $3 a month a complete 10 to 12 page comic. That's absurd. Yeah. And like he, like he has the ability and he also has the audience like hungry for that. Mm-hmm. And then he collects all of that stuff and then he, sell, he uses that to sell his print work. But the cool thing is that he's distributing just through those means um, also. The, f- the thing about Trotman though, what's wild is um all all that she's doing like yo she wasn't invited to san diego she wasn't invited to new york comic-con that shit is wild like i talked to her i'm like yeah so uh i see you at new york she's like oh i'm not gonna go unless you know like i'm invited i'm like fuck me like this is crazy that so speaking about institutions and uh institutions as vehicles for you know like we it's almost like we need also i mean she is an institution right Mm -hmm. But like I, I wish there was an institution that recognized um, her where you can go. Like okay, so people who are into what she's into, there are like conven- like SPX. She she run yeah. it. You know, what I mean, she's out there doing her thing. But it's like you kind of want to see something that does proportionately that shows proportionately how important she is. Yeah. You know, because I mean, like you sitting up there. Like I did the San Diego joint. Like peace and love. Thanks for the hotel. Thanks for all that shit. You know, I didn't win though. Um, but it's like I'm sitting up there and I'm sitting in this room and there's some like there's some killers out there. There's some like some great work coming up. And then there's also a bunch of fucking you know self congratulating like yeah. circle jerk shit too. You know, yeah, this guy patting the guy on the back, guy patting the other guy on the back, and you're like, man, it's the same motherfuckers here every year. And it's like, come on, man. Like, there's so much. Like, y'all, why don't you guys, like, your whole staff just needs to go to SPX next year. And, like, mm-hmm. well, actually, she was the, um, the lady from San Diego. She's a really cool older lady. She was there. I forget her name. Sorry. You're never, you're never going to see this anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, like, I, I want those people to be there at, you know, maybe SPX or at Toronto or whatever. Because, yeah. like, yo, you need to see what the fuck is going on you here. Like, because I feel like that's where comics, like, on some real shit, though, that's where comics is. Yeah. Because the people who are coming up, the people who are going to work for these mm-hmm. companies, they're getting a start there. They're, like, grinding their teeth. Not grinding their teeth, but cutting their teeth on, yes. like, shows like this. Yeah. And grinding their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like, yeah, it, what we see now is not representative of what's happening. Seen a Cuban kilo, I was fifteen. Dylan Yayo never had my teeth cleaned. Restricted license, but I'm so divisive. I know the snipers and I flow the nicest. Fresher than Groovy Lou at a Coogee shoot. Multiple weapons in my new Gucci boots. The bank account and caught the Holy Ghost. Huh. I say the bank account and caught the Holy Ghost. Hey. I pastrami for my Jewish chicks. Eight days of Christmas, every day a new gift. I'm Michael Jackson to the rich niggas. That leather jacket, baby, with the six zippers. Suicide or rather crucified. Uh. I prophesize your whole crew demise. Matula wife reside in Cuba, nigga. Shoot you, let you bleed out. is how they do it, nigga. Start building your own thing. Yeah, you have to build your own thing. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> you were back. But real, we're real talk. You have to build your own thing. Um, Marvel's not going to change. Because they're the top. They're the top. Even when they messing up and you look at their union share and you really get into it, they're the top dog. DC only changes in reaction to being second fiddle. That's the way it goes. Like, they only, they'll do something crazy like, oh, man, we getting our butt kicked. We don't know. We made some mistakes. So we're going to do, you know, Animal, whatever the imprint is from My Chemical Romance. And then we're going to bring Wilds on back. And then we're going to do this at a third. It's only going to happen in response to. Mm-hmm. Marvel is as much about comics as McDonald's is about food. Oh, God. So, These like, are facts. These are facts. They making the Grand Mac, the Mac Junior, yeah. all that stuff is coming out yeah. in every future, week. In the future, there will be no like, there will be no uh, nutritional value to like Big Macs. It'll just be something, you know, down. fun. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be something fun that looks like food that you can do. You know what I mean? And, like, that's what yeah, yeah, that's what Marvel is. It's something that like, it's a vehicle for their brand. It's a vehicle for these superheroes that they have. Like they. You know. I don't. I mean, you're asking wrong. Well, you talking about Marvel? All new, all different. Well, they secretly mm-hmm. rebooted because they don't like to technically reboot because it hurts their brand because they don't do that because that's what DC does. <laughs> it's like <laughs> once, once you once you get the message, like once you see what they do, mm-hmm. it's they, but they're good at it because they're gonna be on Double XL and they're gonna be on Vulture and they're gonna be in Rolling Stone. They finesse. They finesse is king, and none of the other companies really learn how to do that yet. Even the smaller ones who got some image energy, like Image, is dope. Mm-hmm. They they don't have to really. They don't do that because they wanna they wanna play the outsider. Yeah. But they got they got like the hottest TV show in the world right now in America. They got well, Walking Dead. Like, they straight. Also, it's like okay, you know, you have a couple things that make money, um, and also, I mean, it's like they just you know, they're not. 
they're not spending a ton of money on promotion and they're shit. not. They don't, I mean, they don't have. They don't have. They don't have a big staff. They don't. You know they're not supposed to. Yeah, so yeah. it's like so each it's one, each company has their own thing. But Marvel is Disney. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta you gotta build your own. But if your goal is to attack the mainstream, if you want to go in and and you know what I'm saying play with the devils, then you gotta. What what are you willing to do? Know your role. Who are you willing to buy drinks for at conventions? Because you ain't going to just show your portfolio and think you're going to get some work. Right. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Who asked you going to kiss? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how long are you willing to do this? <laughs> it's like it's game. It's, 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 it, but is it worth it? Like, true, but it's like it's a game. It's it's you play by lane. You gotta go it's to these, me you gotta go to to these shows. Like go like go to the hotel afterwards. Like you you gotta see that joint. At least if I'm in the music industry, at least some people actually generally look cool. Mm. <laughs> like at least there's the people that is cool. Like I'm telling, like if you meet future, future's future. Like god damn, that motherfucker future. Cool shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Comics ain't no goddamn future. They don't know who the hell future is. <laughs> they want to make some covers though. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, before I get started on that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say you want to say something. <laughs> we, we were just like, well, oh, wait, man. Dead ass Spider Man, though. Dead ass Spider Man, I come back to Dead ass Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap up soon. Yeah, we should. Let me cut, like, what's your question? Yeah. <laughs> she got, she getting a class today. Yeah. It's been about three to five business days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't I don't wanna smash that, but A, there's been anthologies for decades and all it is is the Shonen Jump model. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> like you see JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, That's that came out every month. That's true. Literally. You like, ooh man, look at JoJo. What is he doing? <laughs> and then three, four months later, woo, look at this taco bomb. Except does Island come out every week? No. Yeah, week, yeah. No. Once a month. Once a month. But then it collects all the stories into its own separate thing in the end, correct? And like it's, it's not, nothing wrong. It's, it's just not, that it worked here. It's as not well. On, it's not on newsstands. It's not like in. Uh, it's not you know like it's not doing anything unconventional distribution yeah. wise. You know like um, it goes direct market right. Like you guys don't send them back. Ra- you know, I think like, Raina Telgemeier is the is the yeah, is the next yeah. level. She's yeah. she gonna go every time she put out a book. Yeah. <laughs> She and sells like and, half a million and comics. No one's talking about it. Yeah. No one in comics talks and, about the fact she sells half a million units. Oh yeah, and like we're not talking about the fact that uh, New York Times just got rid of their comics list. Yeah. The graphic novels yeah. list. Yeah. That's what she was balling like. Yeah. Yeah. So going through going through not all of these publishers on the walls here, like that might be something. I don't know. Like. So will she be a part of another list now? No, she'll just secretly be getting money like she like people were before. Wow. They just won't talk about it. Yeah. And that'll be very interesting if people change up. By the way, this is the most lit panel. You're never going to hear this yeah. much diverse shit in a panel, a comics panel. Yeah. Like this. Talk about diversity. Like, nah, not like economics, yeah. uh, aesthetics. 
you know, formal constraints. <laughs> yeah, none of our work looks <laughs> the same at all. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be yeah. interesting to me if you can get a comic book app on the front page of iTunes. Mm. If you can get a comic app on the first thing, selling units, top pay app, that means something. If you're on the front page, you get top pay app, then I think things will change. Until then, ain't nobody doing nothing different. I'm unimpressed. But up, Ron, I have a, a very specific quick question for mm. you. You can answer it as much or as little as you want. Uh, Birds of Cats, it was pretty famous for like how poorly Vertigo handled its release mm. and marketing and stuff. Now that the image version of it has been out for a few months, can you talk a little about are you happy with how Inish has handled its marketing and stuff? Like what, what's the new experience with it so far? Hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I think I'm disillusioned with uh, marketing and um, sort of that, that aspect of comics, you know, uh, I think, I think, I don't, you know, like, that's a great question, I don't know what to do, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what to do to kind of, like, because, um, it gets back into what we were saying, I think there need, I need to find what the audience is, mm -hmm. you know, and I need to find out, like, if they if they don't, if that market hasn't been sort of cracked yet, then I need to figure out where they are and what they're looking at. Or I need to just say like, yo, people just, they're not into that shit, you know? And that's possible, you feel me? So the book is performing, you know, I think the book is performing well, um, I guess, I don't know. I've never seen, uh, like I think, yeah, I mean, they run something in, uh, was it paper? What is it? Wait, you, yeah, they run yeah. something in paper. Did they do pace? Yeah, oh, pace. Yeah, yeah. do something yeah. in pace. Like usual suspects. It's like I know who it is. Like I see, I see the same image books, and you know, yeah. like show up. But with can, ad, like, you, know can I mean? you like, get complex though? Can you get yeah, hype yeah, yeah, though? You know? Can you get? And I got cats. You know, who, I got cats who like me. You know, I think, <laughs> and like they, you know what I mean. And they review the work, and that's where it's the usual suspects, right? But I'm not like seeing the work. The first hyperallergic was the first place I saw it. Was like, okay, shit. Oh, this it's is the magazine that I read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is a magazine that I read. You know, like, I, or this, these, you know, who, you know, I hate to say it like that, who I'm not like kind of friends with the the person or like I know the person yeah. I like that person's right. Like, David Brothers writes an article about Prince of Cats. Yeah, I'm going to read it. It's like, because we're having drinks like he, that's the homie you know what yeah. I mean like if if the you know like if he started making books I might review his book you know what I mean like it's just I don't know I like the guy you know what I mean and whether his work is good or bad I tell him his work is bad if it was bad but it's good you know so like um I'm not seeing the work in places where and this is a problem that I think comics have in general except for superhero comics which I feel half the time it has to be payola or like, oh, it's you know, clearly they paying for that. Marvel, yeah. Tom, Sissy, Marvel, something where they don't exist. Yeah, there's no reason you in these in this in this place. Like, who yeah. would you pay? You know, or like you pay for this. It's yeah. advertising. Yeah, it's not even under the table because some of these sites because they're losing, they're losing things, so they have to. Pay, they these are pay advertising, so they can sustain themselves. So like, yo, we need this coverage for this so this yeah. book can sell. So if I'm whatever site and I got a I got enough you know, hits per da daily active users. Yo, this called X, and they're like, "Yo, we got this bread." Yeah. <laughs> Advertainment, advertorial. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't believe y'all. Y'all need more people. Double XL don't care about no goddamn comic books. Nah. nah, nah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. They barely don't want to cover Wu Tang when they talk about comic books. Exactly. But so, I mean that. I love. I mean, I love. Um, 
I'm still getting to I'm still getting to learn how to you know I'm not Kelly Sue DeConnick. Like she's she's like someone I look to Good right now. Yeah, and yeah. Like in terms of business and building community and all of that. Um yeah. it's something I need to personally work on. Mm-hmm. Um image is great because it gives me the opportunity to do whatever the like that book looks exactly how I want it to look. You know what I mean? So the artist side of me is like oh, really excited about it. Um, they they're a skeleton crew and they do a great job for being a skeleton crew. Like I think in the future I'll probably um, invest in you know yeah PR and marketing on my own. Problem is is comics like cost money. Cost yeah that costs more money than any comic fucking makes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pardon. You know well, unless you're. Uh, Rainer, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she she got she got the book post behind her. Right, right. I forgot was yeah. it Scholastic? Well, it's one of the big ones. Scholastic got money for days. <laughs> so, but there's a narrative to how it got to that point. It's not like she just just threw a ton of money at her. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying they have they have the established means within the publishing industry, and they use their own connects to be like, yo. Put also, this like a lot of my a lot of stories, we'll see. It's interesting. It, this is a, like this is another panel. Yeah. No, I was just thinking with Scholastic because they've got the book sale in virtually every elementary school. Mm-hmm. I remember you guys. The book fairs, man. The book fairs. Sale straight to the yeah. That's something and about. When I, I worked with kids mm. in my last job, the word the chicken, these bro. kids would run to their parents with their stacks of books in their yeah. parents like, God damn it. Book fair is so good, yo. That's where I used to get all my books. Got my tiny teens books. That's ridiculous, right? Like, DC Comics, some of these, it's like, it shows exactly what their priorities are, right? Like, they're not at the library, whatever. You know, DC Comics is not fucking there. You know what I mean? Like, some of their books are. Yeah, no, they probably, because they probably went to them. They got, they, they, they don't have other deals. They got solid money. They got they got that they got that cloud money. Yeah, yeah but they got like that money. So, but for the shit, yeah, but for the shit, you know, when I was with them, like, uh, and no, no, I, no. And I talked to people, and they're like, yeah. oh, we don't, you know, like I talked to other cats that are at these book mm-hmm. festivals. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, they don't go to there. the festivals, but they got yeah. that they got that shit money. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, if they, you know, if they, if they were really there with any presence, they'd be be able to pull off some of the shit that like Scholastic's doing. They would be at these fucking. Books. Oh, them little like Lois Lane writer. Them, they got joints to sell books, but. Yeah. It's not the stuff that people talk about mm. in the comic space. Because mm. they don't know what I care about Those that. Those Lewis Lane numbers are better than like Superman numbers. <laughs> Most likely. Barney yeah. is good as oh. Marvel numbers. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know? DC Superhero Girls is making money. Number. I'd be interested oh, yeah. in the numbers on that. DC Superhero Girls make money. See, this is also. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know, use a. Right. a money. Use a ten dollar word. Like, this is kind of like uh, indicative of like some sort of hegemonic shit too, where you got like certain things that are mad visible, but underperforming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Loss leader. You know? Yeah. It's frustrating. But yeah. I'm I'm thinking we should end it wrap yeah. up now. 
I want I want to say before I'm too tired to fucking sign books and shit. I want. <laughs> that's why you've been quiet for the last. I know. Time. I was like, I was looking at my Chris. I was like, no, I just that's like, rope a dope. That's part of it was dealing with that rhyme. The other part was biting my tongue. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yo, I'm gonna get oh, you to shit. unbite that tongue one day. Pause. But uh, I want I want I want to say, Chris, Shannon, Ron, and Chris. Uh. Go buy these books, support their work, mm-hmm. go to their websites, you know what I'm saying? Use that Google. Their Find name me. is their name. Find me on Twitter. Just you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give out the handles, though. Go ahead and give out oh, the yeah. handles. I'm at It's Kindred, uh, I-T-S-K-I-N-D-R-E-D. I'm on my what, <laughs> Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter. It's just uh, at Shannon Draw. Shannon, Shannon Drew this. Um, and she then, sure did. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> sure did draw that. And then all that information with my website's on that stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, you know where to find him. Uh, <laughs> if you, I will, I'm proud of this. If you Google Chris Visions, I got that on lockdown. That's what I'm saying. Google that. I'm uh, saying. That's all if you don't want to do Google, ChrisVisions.com. I keep my Instagram fresh. Yes, he do. Yeah, Get the boy. Check his website with them red drawings. God damn! I'd be like, I don't make enough to buy this shit. <laughs> <laughs> hit hit yeah. that big cartel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My website is the Julian Lytle. You can find me Julian Lytle on all social media. Uh, ignorant so Bliss, Ignorant Dash Bliss is the podcast. You can find it on everything that has podcasts. And you know what I'm saying. Thank y'all for coming out tonight. Yeah, thank buy these, buy these books. Yeah. Get them signed up. If you, uh, if you haven't bought Black History in some words yet, we'll just kind of use the honor system. If you pick it up here, then like, try to take it up the front. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You better support Phantom. Yeah. Y'all better give him their money. Ron gonna get his money. Yeah. Y'all better, y'all better give him their money. Oh yeah, cause like these are, you, these are direct market books. Yeah, so, we can't return them. Yeah, so like, but, I mean, <laughs> meaning like I already got my money. Yeah. <laughs> logical you know if if i know that in this hotel room they have food every day and i'm knocking on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door let me see the, the party let me see like them throwing salami all over the i mean just like throwing food around where they're telling me there's no food in here you know what i'm saying every day i'm standing outside trying to sing my way in you know what i'm saying we are hungry please let us in we are hungry, please let us say. After about a week, that song is going to change the, we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food, we're wrecking out the door. And after a year, and you're just like, you know what I'm saying, I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting, you know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the Civil Rights Movement. We was asking, you know, now that those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think? My fans can't wait for me to sun your punk ass and crush your whole little shit. How big pun your punk ass? You a scared little bitch. Tiptoeing around my name, nigga, you lame. And when I get at you, homie, don't you tell me you was just playing. Oh, I was just playing, K Dot. Come on, you know a nigga rock with you, bro. Shut the fuck up. You sound like the last nigga I know. Might end up like the last nigga I know. Oh, you don't wanna clash, nigga, I know. I put my foot on the gas, head on the floor, hopping out before the vehicle crash. I'm on the road yelling one, two, three, four, five. I am the greatest rapper alive. 
So damn great, motherfucker, I've died What you hearing now is a paranormal vibe House on the hill, house on the beach, nigga My condo in Compton, I'm still in reach, nigga I'm fresh out the water, I'm about to breach, nigga The five-foot giant woke up out of his sleep, nigga Oh yeah, oh yeah, more cars, more leers, more bars No peers, no scars, no fear, fuck y'all sincere I heard the whispers, I curved the whispers You know what the risk is Earthed in ditches, your body referring to stiffness The whole world gone mad, bodies is adding up Markets about to crash, niggas is fake rich Bitches is fake bad, blacks that act white Whites that do the dab Donald Trump is a chump, know how we feel, punk Tell him that God coming Now Russia need a replay button, y'all love to something Electoral votes look like memorial votes But America's truth ain't ignoring the votes It's blasphemy, how many go blast for me? I prophesized on my last song, you laughed at me But when the shit get bracket, don't you ask for me